Mundo compreende se isso é neguilo quanto se isso paga tela fuzuna mano cara mas se compreende para dar força. Longe de que sofre que to corro vou chantar casa tá cavalheiro de você to compreende para dar força cavalheiro. Ele querer você to comprar a cavaça tá cavalheiro. Vaya <laughs> Roko zon toko brondu prodoko ushtekele bondi kila brakte juna manda. Oh glory to God ligarara basu toko baya. Mandi kizavaka tujini manda kabaya. Good morning everyone. Welcome to the inspired global times of devotion. I'm going to be praying right now. Um, It's uh, day two of the global prayer and fasting. First Timothy 2 from verse 1 says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. We're praying. And in line with the global day of prayer, we're going to be praying especially for the nations of the world that they be brought into alignment with the prophetic timing, plan, and purpose of God as delivered to us in scripture. Hallelujah. These ones are not sponsors or co-collaborators with the devil in trying to steal time that is not his. You are not part of that deception. We're also going to be praying with the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ be forbid and overturn Satan's plan and agenda to control the governments and nations of the world before the time. They are not here to give him into his hand, which shall be thereafter which is after we leave for the rapture. So I'd like us to begin to pray right now. Kindly unmute yourself and let us pray. Rande kizola mahate koraba sata kaba yelegezi cheki kaba ya munda kati na brondo prakadejo na munda krakadejo ivara kaba yelegezi untu kubrada bara raba suti kubloko busiti bara karu sakata li brondo kubloko busi sakata yala munda yesali dunia liga baka sata kaba ya yelegezi kubloko sata kaba ya the world is brought into alignment with the prophetic timing and plan. And the purpose of God as delivered to Oh, 
Reba 
Lord, we bless your holy name, God. Lord, we worship you. For you are God all by yourself. Yes, the nations of the world, they are brought into alignment with the prophetic timing, plans, and purposes of God. Yes, they are aligned with scriptures. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we forbid and we overturn the Oshakataya, the plans and the agendas of the devil. Likrodo Shataka Badidi, Monsanta Kadikuntele, Vizu Petele, Lubredegi Kabarada. We refuse, hallelujah, for the nations of the world to be controlled any longer. Rato Zikabarada, Londre Kisa Patakabahi, Lendo Shapela Katuzakabaya, Menzuzevila Frakatikabaya. We refuse, oh God, Lakrondo Kobo Shakabaya Labasata, Yekeri Basata, for the Devil to continually prevail, Baleko Sutukubaya, Yekerebo Sutukubaya. Oh, blessed be God. Lakranda kasakataya. Elakandoshi libandi. Isapala davashata. Oh, lokum brodo kubukushata kabaya. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening, depending on what part of the world you are connected to at this time. Praise God. You are welcome to the Inspired by the Word Global Times of Devotion with the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much, esteemed Amara, for the opportunity to always lead the saints in prayers. Right now, we are going over to the Rhapsody segment. And remember, it's still our global prayer and fasting season. Emphasis on prayer. Praise the Lord. Right now, we're taking the Rhapsody segment over to you, Estinda Marak. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. All over the world, the spirit is moving. All over the world, as the prophet said it should be. 
all over the world. There's a mighty revelation of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea all over the world. The Spirit is moving all over the world as the prophet said it would be all over the world there's a mighty revelation of the glory as the waters cover the sea. All over the world, Lord, your spirit is moving. As the prophet said it would be, the spirit moves and covers the whole earth. We are not moved by the things that we see on social media. We are not moved by the news that is being pushed by mainstream media to make us believe that the world has been subdued. As long as we are in this world, we remain the light of the world because you gave us that authority. You gave us authority over the whole world. You gave us authority over Satan to put him where he belongs to restrain his work while we're here. He said, he that lettered would let until he be taken away. We have overcome this world. It's God, Satan, and all his systems, his strategies, its laws, rules, regulations, policies, ordinances, laws, governments, organs, and we enjoy our victory now. In our different countries, we enjoy our victory now. Prosperity in our land now. Peace in our land now. Harmony in our land now. Tranquility in our land now. Celebration in our lands now joy in our lands now, love, love, brotherly love, a nation filled with love, love in our lands now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The tides are turning around for our good. Thank you, Jesus. And it is so, it is so, it is so, it is so, it is so. And the people of God will say, Amen. Amen. Glory, 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 glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, esteemed Pastor Deborah, for the times of prayers. I'd like to welcome every one of us to yet another time of devotion with the Lord. There is nothing like being with the Lord. Nothing compares to fellowship with the Lord. Today is Sunday, 2nd of May, 2021. And the title of today's devotional, Keep Growing in the Knowledge of Christ. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. 2 Peter 3, 18. The devotion is on the screen, so you can follow as we read. In 1 Peter 2 and verse 2, Peter writes to Jewish Christian pilgrims in certain cities, and he says to them, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. The word babes there is grephos, Greek, and it refers to infants, children. Paul was writing to infant churches and young Christians. They had recently given their hearts to Christ. 
But then there's another group of Christians described in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul called them babes in Christ. He said, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, 1 Corinthians 3.1. The word babes in this case is the Greek nepios. It means one who can't talk right. The first one means children. This other one means one who can talk right. He may be 20 years old, but he's not able to communicate correctly. He unskilled, he's unskilled, untrained, not mentally coordinated in spite of his age. So when it applied spiritually, it's dealing with somebody who is a spiritual babe, one that's not cultured, even though he's been a Christian for many years. Such people can neither grab spiritual communication, not communicate spiritual truths. Paul berated them saying, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. With meat, 1 Corinthians 3, 2. Milk refers to the elementary principles of the word of God, the elementary doctrines of Christ. One who is a spiritual babe will pray and cry to God to bless him. Oh, Salagabashata. We were talking about this just yesterday or two days ago. One who is a babe will cry will pray and cry to God to bless him. If he were spiritually mature, he would have known that God already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 1.3. He hasn't grown to understand the mystery of Christ, that the day he was born into Christ, he became an heir of the, all the blessings of God in Christ Jesus. Grow in the things of God. Press on for more knowledge, for more understanding. Keep learning the word with an unquenchable desire to know the Lord more and have his glory revealed in your life. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Today we're being reminded that it matters that we do not remain as nephews. You can be a Christian for 20 years and still not know certain fundamental truths and doctrines of Christ. You know, it's um, um, you, you sometimes you, I don't know if you've ever spoken to somebody and they'll tell you that um, guy I've been a Christian for 25 years there's nothing you want to tell me that I don't know but you know at that point that they are not communicating the truth of God's word so it's not about how long you've been a Christian it's about how much of the training you have imbibed in that place when he said that um, when when he explained nephews he said that it's dealing with someone who is a spiritual babe, one that's not cultured, one that's not cultured. There's a message cultured by the word is on the Pastor Chris Digital Library. You should check it out and listen to it. Cultured by the word. And this culturing by the word is actually the responsibility of every individual. In Romans 12 and verse 2, when he was talking about, he said that, and be ye, um, that you should not be um, 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 he said you should be transformed by the word, right? By the renewal of your mind. So that the renewal of our mind is our responsibility. Every day, you know, when, when, you, when you, the education of the human spirit is what renews your mind because the mind is the doorway to the spirit. So if you're going to assess the spirit, that means you're going to go through the mind. You see, we listen with our ears, in the physical realm, we listen with our ears, we see with our eyes, we breathe with our nose, we hear with our ears and we face with our mouth. We, we also feel with our body, right, with our skin. These are all the senses of the physical body, but they actually connect with the senses of the mind. When you hear with your ear, it resonates in your mind and it gets into your spirit. This is why it matters what you hear. It matters what you see. What are you watching on TV? Do you spend your time watching season after season of violent crimes, of violent movies, of um, 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 erotic movies, you know, different kind of things? Or what are you looking at? So you spend 24 hours watching 24 episodes of, the, of a movie that has nothing less than an hour each. Those things that you fed your spirit with for the last 24 hours, 
if they were to produce after their own kind, what would they produce in you? You spend five hours surfing the internet and checking out all the celebrity clothes. So all you're thinking about to do with money is about all the latest styles you want to make. You're not thinking about the target that we have in church. You probably think we want to take your money. The gospel is free, but it is not cheap. For every time that we get a copy of Rhapsody, I'm reading from the Rhapsody right now. A lot of people get Rhapsody for free, not because we printed it for free, but because we paid for it to be printed so that others can get it for free. In the chapter of the Haven where I am in Lagos, Nigeria, I remember when we drove for the giving of Rhapsody, even at this moment, we came out of a meeting, I think it was yesterday, when we were being told that um, um, each member in this new month should do at least an outreach, should organize a Rhapsody outreach. And an outreach means 100 copies. So each member is to sponsor at least 100 copies. So we're setting the targets for ourselves and we're saying we're going to go for it. Why are we going for it? Because the gospel must go forward. The gospel must be pushed in the world. And though the gospel is free, it is not cheap. The gospel now is enraptured in this, in this, in this rhapsody of realities. And then we have to distribute it. It has to go out. So I pay. I sponsor a hundred copies. I organize an outreach. I go out on evangelism. I reach out to a hundred people, ensure that every one of them has a copy of Rhapsody. Why? Because the gospel may be free. It is not cheap. So you're thinking about those, those outfits you want to buy when some of us are thinking about the billions we want to put into the gospel. People say pastors are eating our money. You know, um, we don't even want to go into that argument, whether they eat the money or not. If they stand in the stead of God and you feel like, oh, they eat the money. How about the fashion designers that are eating your money? You know, a man of God is chosen to act on the stead of God. And it matters what you say about a man of God. It is too risky for us to say certain things. The way I've been trained, no matter how terrible a man of God has acted, I am not ordained to speak against a man of God. If that man in the past has demonstrated the characters of a man of God, though he falls, I would rather pray for him. And that's what we do here every morning. That's the first 10 to 15 minutes. It's what we do. We pray. We stand in the gap for men of God all around the world because we know the Bible says, strike the sheep, strike the shepherd, and the sheep will scatter. So we are, we are not ignorant of the devices of the devil. We understand that he's going for men of God because he knows when he gets a man of God, he gets their congregation. Why do you think that in the pandemic in the world at the moment, somebody said, back in the days, in just recent times, right? Even if a man of God were ill and he had to land in the hospital, we never knew because it wasn't something he was excited to come talk about on the stage. How come this men of God are taking a vaccine and they are posting it on social media? How come they are celebrating the taking of a vaccine against a supposed virus? I thought that the Christian is ineffectible. My Bible tells me that, that, that the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead he said, if that spirit dwells in me, he would quicken my mortal bodies. That means if there was even a virus in my body, it would deal with it. How do I then turn around and celebrate a vaccine to protect me when the life of God be in me? It shows you that something is wrong. It shows you that the devil is all out to destroy the church. But the Bible says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It doesn't matter how hard the devil tries. This world belongs to us. 
This world belongs to us and this time is ours. This is not his time. And every day as we pray here for the first 15 minutes, we restrain his activities. The church is marching on. The church is prevailing. And indeed the gates of hell shall not prevail against her. And we are the church. If we are marching on and we are prevailing, more than ever before, you must be committed to the things of the gospel. If you have never given a million naira before, this is the time. If you've never done a thousand dollars before, this is the time. Whatever your currency, we're pushing for a million dollars in this year and it shall be done. I know people around me who want to do a billion naira. A billion naira is about two million dollars and it shall be done. Maybe our dreams look too high. Maybe we dream too high. No, but there's nothing that is too much for the one who gave his best for us. We'll put in our all, all that we are and all that we have. After witnessing all that happened last year with the pandemic, I will give my all for this gospel. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I will continue to push. I will continue to talk and my clouds shall be full of rain. If you guys remember, for those of you who came from different networks that I coordinate before we started this morning devotion, maybe the Complete Man Network, the Complete Lady Network, or the, inter um, the, the Haven Millennials um, Network, when I was the international coordinator, I would say that 2021 is the year of the billions. The Spirit of God kept telling us again and again, 2021 is the year of the billions. And it's happening already. We're seeing groups of people give a billion. We're seeing an individual give a billion. Recently, an individual gave a billion at one seed. Things are happening, my brothers and my sisters, and I refuse to be a spectator. I shall be a participator. You shall hear my testimony. My testimonies will be shared around the world for the inspiration, the, the Christian inspiration, the positive inspiration of mankind. So it's a beautiful season for us and May has ushered us into a time of abundance of prosperity in the kingdom of God. And I celebrate the impact that we're gonna have in the world that will resound in heaven as a result of the new level that God is bringing us to. Thank you so much for listening. I'm gonna hand over to Sister Joy at this moment for the further study and the Rhapsody Confession. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you, Ma, for the ministration. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are connecting from. I'm gonna be taking the further study. Um, we are reading from Ephesians 6, 27, it says, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Second Peter 1.3 says, according as his divine power had given unto us. According as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that are called us to glory and virtue. And finally, Proverbs 11, 9, an hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Praise God. So we're going to be taking the confession together. You know how we do it. You don't have to unmute your mic. Just repeat after me wherever you are. It's displayed on the screen. Our God is great and greatly to be praised. There is no end to the awesomeness of his majesty. As I keep learning his word, his glory is revealed in my life. I am constantly transfigured and renewed more and more in knowledge into his image. Blessed be God. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, um, esteemed Sister Maka. Thank you, Ma, for this opportunity. 
Um, right now, I will like to hand over to the next person who will be taking us through the New Testament reading of the One Year Bible Plan. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time. Have a beautiful Sunday ahead. Over to you, Brother John, for the New Testament reading. Okay, thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Bible reading segment <clears throat> of our Inspired by the Word. Um, I want to say a big thank you to the esteemed America for this opportunity. We are having a great month of May already, praise God. And right before our eyes, we are seeing prophecies being fulfilled. This morning, as <laughs> so I was getting ready, the Spirit of God just, I just heard of a demoralizing news. But the Spirit of God just told me, said, whatever you do, whatever it takes, please do not miss the first flight. And that is what <laughs> I just thought to share. Whatever it takes, do not miss the first flight. Praise God. So we're looking at the book of Luke from... Um, Chapter 24, from verse 36 to the end. But um, I'll just read it from. I'll just read it from the caption above. A ghost doesn't have muscle and bone. That's from verse 33. They didn't waste a minute. They were up and on their way back to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their friends gathered together, talking away. It's really happened. The master has been raised up. Simon saw him. Then the two went over. The two went over everything that happened on the road and how they recognized him when he broke the bread. While they were saying all this, Jesus appeared to them and said, Peace be with you. They thought they were seeing a ghost and were scared half to death. He continued with them. Don't be upset and don't let all these doubts and questions take over. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. It's really me. Touch me. Look me over from head to toe. A ghost doesn't have muscles and bone like this. As he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. They still couldn't believe that they were seeing what they were seeing. It was too much. It seemed too good to be true. He asked, do you have any food here? They gave him a piece of leftover fish they had cooked. He took it and ate it right before their eyes. Caption, you are, with, you, are with, you are the witnesses. Then he said, everything I told you while I was with you comes to this. All the things written about me in the law of Moses, in the prophets, in the Psalms have to be fulfilled. He went on to open the understanding of the word of God, showing them how to read their Bibles this way. He said, you can see now how it is written that the Messiah suffers, rises from the dead on the third day. And then a total life change through the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed in his name to all nations. Praise God. Starting from here, from Jerusalem, you are the first to hear it and see it. You are the witnesses. What comes next is very important. I am sending what my father promised to you. So stay here in the city until he arrives, until you are equipped with power from on, from on high. He then led them out of the city over to Bethany. Raising his hands, he blessed them. And while blessing them, he made his exit, being carried up to heaven. And they were on their knees worshipping him, then returned to Jerusalem, bursting with joy. They spent all their time in the temple praising God. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So this concludes our Reading of the book of Luke. Praise Jesus forevermore. So we now head over to the Old Testament. And um, remember, we're in the book of Second Samuel. And today we're reading Second Samuel chapter 12 to chapter 14. 
few seconds. Let me share my screen. Second chamber, chapter 12. Okay, so I read from verse 1. But God was not at all pleased with what David had done and sent Nathan to David. Nathan said to him, there were two men in the same city, one rich, the other poor. The rich man had huge flocks of sheep, herds of cattle. The poor man had nothing but one little female lamb, which he had bought and raised. It grew up with him and his children as a member of the family. It ate off his plate and drank from his cup and slept on his bed, just like a daughter to him. One day, a traveler dropped in on the rich man. He was too stingy to take an animal from his own herds or flocks to make a meal for his visitor. So he took the poor man's lamb and prepared a meal, prepared a meal to set before his guest. David exploded in anger. As surely as God lives, he said to Nathan, the man who did this ought to be lynched. He must repay for the lamb four, four times over for his crime and his stinginess. <laughs> you are the man, said Nathan. And here's what God, the God of Israel, has, has to say to you. I made you king over Israel. I freed you from the feast of Saul. I gave you your master's daughter and other wives to have and to hold. I gave you both Israel and Judah. And if that hadn't been enough, I'd have gladly thrown in much more. So why have you treated the word of God with brazen content, doing this great evil? You murdered Uriah the Hittite, then took his wife as, as your wife. Worse, you killed him with an Ammonite sword. And now, because you treated God with such contempt and took Uriah, the Hittite's wife, as your wife, killing and mother will continually plague your family. This is God speaking. Remember, I'll make trouble for you out of your own family. I'll take your wives from right out in front of you. I'll give them to some neighbor and they will go to bed with them openly. You did your deed in secret. I'm doing mine with the whole country watching. Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against God. Nathan pronounced, yes, but that's not the last one. God forgives your sin. You won't die for it. But because of your blasphemous behavior, the son born to you will die. After Nathan went home, God afflicted the child that Uriah's wife bore to David. And he came down sick. David prayed desperately to God. For the little boy, he fasted wouldn't go out and slept on the floor. Elders and his family came in and tried to get him off the floor, but he wouldn't budge. Nor could they get him to eat anything. On the seventh day, the child died. David's servant will John, we can't hear you. Okay, I think his audio um, has a little bit of an issue. Just give him a minute to be back. Okay, I would um continue reading. Just give me a minute to open my Bible. Um, okay. 
sorry. I'm so sorry about that. I think my dates are just got exhausted without warning. <clears throat> Please, where, what, what verse was I in? Uh, you stopped at when the child died and they were scared of telling David. I don't know the particular chapter. Okay, okay. Yeah. Let me continue from there. Okay, so I'll just continue from <clears throat> verse 19. David noticed that the servants were whispering behind his back and realized that the boy must have died. He asked the servants, is the boy dead? Yes, they answered, he's dead. David got up from the floor, washed his face and combed his hair, put on a fresh change of clothes and went into the sanctuary and worshiped. Then he came home and asked for something to eat. He set it before him and he ate. His servants asked him, what's going on with you? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept and stayed up all night. Now that he's dead, you get up and eat. While the child was alive, he said, I fasted and wept, thinking God might have mercy on me and the child would live. But now that he's dead, why fast? Can I bring him back now? I can go to him, but he can't come to me. David went and comforted his wife, Bathsheba. And when he slept with her, they conceived a son. When he was born, they named him Solomon. God had a special love for him and sent word by Nathan, the prophets, that God wanted him named Jedidiah, God's beloved. We can see, we can see the difference between David and Saul. During Saul's time, Samuel brought news to Saul. Saul got angry. And, but David, the prophet brought news to David. But his attitude was different. From verse 26, Joab at war in Rabbah against the Ammonites captured the royal city. He sent messengers to David saying, I'm fighting at Rabbah and I've just captured the city's water supply. Hurry and get the rest of the troops together and set up camp here at the city and complete the capture yourself. Otherwise, I'll capture it and get all the credits instead of you. So David marshaled all the troops and went to Rabbah and fought and captured it. He took the crown from their king's head, very heavy with gold and with a precious stone on it. It ended up on David's head and they plundered the city, carrying off a great quantity of loot. David emptied the city of its people and put them to slave labor using saws, picks and axes and making bricks. He did this to all the Ammonite cities. Then David and the whole land returned to Jerusalem. Chapter 13. Sometime later, this happened. Absalom, David's son, had a sister who was very attractive. Her name was Tamar. Amnon, also David's son, was in love with her. Amnon was obsessed with his sister Tamar to the point of making himself sick over her. She was a virgin, so he couldn't see how he could get his hands on her. Amnon had a good friend. Jonadab, the son of David's brother, Shimei. Jonadab was exceptionally streetwise. He said to Amnon, why are you moping around like this day after day? You, the son of the king, tell me what's it in you. In a word, Tamar said Amnon, my brother Absalom's sister, I'm in love with her. Here's what you do, said Jonadab. Go to bed and pretend you're sick. When your father comes to visit you, say, have my sister, Tama, come and prepare some supper for me here, where I can watch her and she can feed me. So Amnon took to his bed and acted sick. When the king came to visit, Amnon said, would you do me a favor? Have my sister Tama come and make some nourishing dumplings here, where I can watch her and be fed by her. David sent word to Tama, who was home at the time. Go to the house of your brother Amnon and prepare a meal for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house. She took dough, kneaded it, formed it into dumplings, and cooked them while he watched from his bed. But when she took the cooking pot and served, he wouldn't eat. Amnon said, clear everyone out of the house. And they all cleared out. 
Then he said to Tamar, bring the food into my bedroom, where we can eat in privacy. She took the nourishing dumplings she had prepared and brought them to her brother Amnon in his bedroom. But when she got ready to feed him, he grabbed her and said, come to bed with me, sister. No, brother, she said, don't hurt me. This kind of thing isn't done in Israel. Don't do this terrible thing. Where could I ever show my face? And you, you will be out on the street in disgrace. Oh, please, speak to the king. He will let you marry me. But he wouldn't listen. Being much stronger than she, he raped her. No sooner had Amnon raped her than he hated her. An immense hatred. The hatred that he felt for her was greater than the love he had felt for her. He had for her. Get up, he said, and get out. Oh, no, brother, she said. Please, this is an evil, worse evil than what you just did to me. But he wouldn't listen to her. He called for his valet. Get rid of this woman. Get her out of my sight and lock the door after her. The valet threw her out and locked the door behind her. She was wearing a long sleeved gown. That's how virgin princesses used to dress from early adolescence on. Tama poured ashes on her head and she ripped the long sleeve gown, held her, held her head in her hands and walked away, sobbing as she went. Her brother Absalom said to her, Has your brother Amnon had his way with you? Now, my dear sister, let's keep it quiet. A family matter. He is, after all, your brother. Don't take this so hard. Tama lived in her brother Absalom's home, Peter and Jesuit. King David heard the whole story and was enraged, but he didn't discipline Amnon. David dotted on him because he was his firstborn. Absalom quit speaking to Amnon, not a word, whether good or bad, because he hated him for violating his sister Tamar. Two years went by. One day, Absalom threw a ship sharing party in Bazaar, Hazor, in the vicinity of Ephraim, and invited all the king's sons. He also went to the king. And invited him. Look, I'm throwing a ship sharing party. Come and bring your servants. But the king said, No, son, not this time. Not a whole house will, will just be a burden to you. Absalom pushed, but David wouldn't budge. But he did give him his blessings. Then Absalom said, Well, if he wouldn't come, at least let my brother Amnon come. And why, said the king, should he go with you? But Absalom was insistent that he gave him. Give in and let Amnon and all the rest of the king's sons go. Absalom prepared a banquet fit for a king. Then he instructed the servants, look sharp now. When Amnon is well into the source and feeling no pain, and I give the orders, strike Amnon, kill him, and don't be afraid. I'm the one giving the command. Courage, you can do it. Absalom's servants did to Amnon exactly what their master ordered. All the king's sons got out as fast as they could, jumped on their moves and rode off. While they were still on the road, a rumor came to the king. Absalom just killed all the king's sons. Not one is left. The king stood up, ripped his clothes to shreds, and threw himself on the floor. All his servants, who were standing around at the time, did the same. Just then, Jonathan, his brother Shimei's son, stepped up. My master must not think that all the young men, the king's sons, are dead. Only Amnon is dead. This happened because of Absalom's outrage since the day that Amnon violated his sister Tamar. So my master, the king, mustn't make things worse than they are, thinking that all your sons are dead. Only Amnon is dead. Absalom fled. Just then, the sentry on duty looked up and saw a cloud of dust on the road from Horanai, alongside the mountain. He came and told the king, I've just seen a bunch of men on the Horanai road coming from the mountain. Then Jonathan exclaimed to the king, See, it is the king's sons coming, just as I said. He had no sooner said the words than the king's sons bursting loud in laments and weeping. The king joined in, along with all the servants, loud weeping, many tears. David mourned the death of his son a long time. When Absalom fled, he went to Tamar, son of Amihud, king of Geshur, who was there three years. The king finally gave up trying to get back at Absalom. He had come to terms with Amnon's death. Move to the last chapter of the day, chapter 14. Job's son of Zerah 
knew that the king deep down still cared for Absalom. So he sent to Tekoa for a wise woman who lived there and instructed her. Pretend you are in mourning, dress in black and don't comb your hair. So you look like you've been grieving over a dead loved one for a long time. And go to the king and tell him this. Joab then told her exactly what to say. The woman of Tekoa went to the king, bowed deeply before him in homage and said, O king, help. He said, how can I help? I'm a widow, she said. My husband is dead. I had two sons. So them got into a fight out in the field, and there was no one around to step between them. The one struck the other and killed him, and the whole family ganged up against me and demanded, hand over this murderer so we can kill him for the life of the brother he murdered. They want to wipe out the hair and snuff out the one spark of life left to me. And then there would be nothing left of my husband, not so much as a name on the face of the earth. So now I've dared come to the king, my master, about all this. They are making my life miserable and I'm afraid. I said to myself, I'll go to the king. Maybe he will do something. When the king hears what's going on, he will step in and rescue me from the abuse of the man who would get rid of me and my son and God's inheritance, the works. As your handmaid, I decided ahead of time. The word of my master, the king, will be, my, will be the last word in this. For my master is like an angel of God in discerning good and evil. God be with you. I'll take all responsibility for what happens. The woman of Tekoa said, I don't want to compromise the king and his reputation. Bring the man who has been harassing you. The king continued. I'll see to it that he doesn't bother you anymore. Let the king invoke the name of God. Set the woman. So this self-styled vigilante won't ruin everything. She said nothing of killing my son. As surely as God lives, he said, not so much as a hair of your son's head will be lost. And she asked, may I say one more thing to my master, the king? He said, go ahead. Why then? The woman said, have you done this very thing against God's people? In his words, the king convicts himself by not bringing home his exiled son. We all die sometimes. Water spilled on the ground can't be gathered up again, but God doesn't take away life. He walks out ways to get the exile back. Then the king said, I'm going to ask you something. Answer me truthfully. Certainly, she said, let my master, the king, speak. The king said, is the hand of Joab mixed up in this? <laughs> on your life, my master, a body can't bear an inch right or left and get by with it in the real presence. Yes, it was your servant, Joab, who put me up to this and put these very words in my mouth. It was because he wanted to turn things around that your servant, Joab, did this. But my master is as wise as God's angels in knowing how to handle things on the earth. The king spoke to Joab, all right, I'll do it. Go and bring the young man Absalom back. Joab bowed deeply in reverence and blessed the king. I'm reassured to know that I'm still in your good graces and have your confidence. Since the king is taking the counsel of his servants, Joab got up, went to Geshur, and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. The king said, he may return to his house, but he is not to see me face to face. So Absalom returned home, but was not permitted to see the king. This Absalom, there wasn't a man in all Israel, talked about so much for his handsome good looks, and not a blemish on him from head to toe. When he cut his hair, he always cut it short in the spring because it had, it had grown so heavy. The weight of his hair from his head was over two pounds. Three sons were born to Absalom and one daughter. Her name was Tamar, and she was a beauty. Absalom lived in Jerusalem for two years, and not once did he see the king face to face. He sent for Joab to get him in to see the king, but Joab still wouldn't budge. Tried a second time, and Joab still wouldn't. So he told the servants, listen, Joab's fields adjoins mine, and he has a crop of barley in it. Go set fire to it. So Absalom's servants set fire to the fields. That got him moving. Joab came to Absalom at home and said, why did your servant set, fire, set my field on fire? Absalom answered him. Listen, I sent for you saying, come and soon. I want to send you to the king to ask what's the point of 
my coming back from Geshur. I'll be better off still there. Let me see the king face to face. If he finds me guilty, then he can put me to death. Job went to the king and told him what was going on. Absalom was then summoned. He came and bowed deeply in reverence before him, and the king kissed Absalom. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. And I hand over to you, Brother Martins, to take us through the affirmation and the communion. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Brother John. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, maybe depending on where you're connected from at the moment. I'll say a very big thank you to the esteemed Sister Maka for this great opportunity. At this point, we'll be taking our permission. And the affirmation is on the screen at this point. So we'll take our permission by starting with our names. Your name is, you say your name, I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. In the next paragraph, I, your name first, I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. Then the third paragraph, your name, my love abounds more and more in knowledge of at this point, I'll kindly ask everyone to unmute their mics as we take our permission. Please unmute your mics. At the count of three, we take our permission. One, one two, two, three. My name is Hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we're going straight to the communion segment at this point. And our text is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I received of the Lord that which I did deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This is to you in remembrance of me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for the body of Christ that was broken for us. All he did was for the salvation of mankind. All he did was for us to come into your presence and remain there. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for predestination is at work in us. As we break this bread, we declare predestination is at work in us. We thank you. For our lives are hidden in Christ and God. And continually every day we fellowship with your presence. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, pray and break the bread. And eat it. After the same manner, also he took the cup and he has stopped saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. 
please do it as often as, as often as you eat it, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. But even as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the lost death till he comes. Yes, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. He will definitely come again. So as we take this cup, this is the New Testament in his blood. The Bible says that for by one man's offense, death reigned by all, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in this life. As we take this cup, we have the gift of righteousness. We reign in life. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we reign in life. We king over situation and challenges. We king over the world. We are chosen priesthood. Yes, we are the chosen of God. We are the called of God. As we take this cup, we affirm our sonship. Thank you, Father. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Go ahead and take the cup. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. At this point, I'll hand over to the esteemed sister Maka to take us through the remaining part of the meeting. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Brother Martins. Thank you, Brother John, Sister Joy, and Pastor Deborah for great devotion today. Time is fast spent, and I would just like to say Happy New Month. Um, be conscious of the things that God has said he's going to be doing with us in this um, new month. I want to believe that by now everyone has downloaded the Bible study outline on meditation, part one and part two. We have instructions about what to do throughout this month to experience the abundance that God has said he's going to be directing our way. We have our responsibilities. Let us play it. Let's not be found wanting so that we can enjoy everything that God has directed our path. It's Sunday. Ensure that you are in church. The Bible says not to forsake the gathering of unbelievers. Forget what any man of God is preaching on, the, on, on, on social media saying that we can meet online. No, there's a physical gathering of the brethren and God says not to forsake it. Be in church today and ensure that you're doing your best and giving your all for this gospel. Till the rapture. God bless you. We meet again tomorrow, 6 a.m. At this point, um, GMT plus one. Let's omit and we share the benediction and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with us now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. And surely, God's goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives. And we dwell in the house of the Lord. Amen. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. God bless you. Thank you very much, Damaka.